You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So I grew up in a very, very, very traditional church. Uh, in fact, when we would, I would, on the way in, I would, I would get my bulletin and get ready for church, and I'd, I'd stick it in the, I'd stick it in each page of the the hymnal, so I know exactly where uh, the sermons or not the sermons, the songs would be. And so we would, we would stand. Sometimes we would sit, but you know, the the Holy Spirit only comes in the room when you stand and sing the hymns. Uh, so we would stand and sing, uh, and and, it, and this is about all we'd be. Be right here. And we would sing with the, the piano and the organ, and, and that was me growing up. You know, and then if someone would sing a special music, y'all remember those special music? Uh, then we didn't clap, uh, because you don't clap, you say amen when they're done, right? You're supposed to say amen. amen. Come on, guys, get with this. Uh, and so that's, that's what we do growing up. And, you know, things have evolved to where they are today, you know, and some of those churches are still doing those same things. Uh, the church that I grew up in actually is not doing any of that anymore. Uh, but I grew up Baptist, which has a very traditional view uh, of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, allergies are terrible right now. Uh, and amen. amen. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you being there for me. And so, you know, I. One, one time, though, I started dating a girl. Uh, her name was Crystal. Some of you know her. Uh, and she was, going to, she was going to a church called New Hope Church. And we, would, we were going out with some coffee with some young adults. Uh, and the worship pastor at her church was, was talking about how he needed an electric guitar player. Uh, and if you're a worship pastor, Pastor Mo can tell you, everybody comes up and tells you that they can sing or play guitar and all that. Uh, some are really good and, and some are not. So you never really know who to take uh, for granted. Because, you know, you've seen American Idol, right? Uh, everybody on there can sing, right? But not everybody on there can sing. Just because your mom tells you you're a good singer doesn't mean you're a good singer, you know. Praise the Lord. Mo's mom tells her that she's a good singer, right? No, she doesn't? Okay. Uh, <laughs> the look she's giving me is she's, she says yes. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, when I went and played, finally I convinced the worship pastor that I could actually play guitar. He invited me to play at the youth group. They worship differently. I was in a youth service and they were going after the Holy Spirit like I'd never seen before. I mean, they were, they were, they were getting into it and, and getting after it. And, you know, one thing led to another. Long story short, I ended up uh, being with that youth pastor who came to plant a church in Cleburne called Hope Church. Some of you have heard of it. Uh, and, and I came on and, and was his worship pastor. And he took me to what is called, used to be called, the North Texas District Council uh, of the Assemblies of God District Council. Uh, and it's just, a, it's just a big worship service. So I went from youth to pastors. And let me tell you, youth Pentecostals and pa Pentecostal pastors, that's, a, that's, that's, that's dialing up a bit, okay? They were getting after it. I'm like, man, this is, these guys, these guys got it. They, they feel the Lord. Uh, and then there was a point in the service 
where the music kind of went low. Then all of a sudden, boom, I heard a message in tongues. Now, it wasn't something that I understood. You know, me being the good Baptist boy that I was, I was getting out my Bible, turning it to 1 Corinthians 14, going, there needs to be an interpretation. Uh, and in just a moment, boom, there was an interpretation. And as the interpretation was going, I felt the, you ever get those goosebumps that just go up your spine, up to the top of your head? Yes. And I felt the Lord. I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, I'm speaking to you. I'm talking to you. And for me, that was the first time that I'd seen the spirit of the Lord move in such a supernatural way and I knew exactly that it was him I didn't wonder if it was men I didn't wonder if I, I knew it was the Lord speaking directly to me and guys today we start a, uh, a sermon series about the Holy Spirit and here's what I want to encourage you no matter how you grew up if you grew up like me in the most traditional sense or if you grew up and this was commonplace for you I believe the Lord is going to have something for all of us. And I believe that he's going to move the needle. And what do I mean by that? You know, if you, if you don't believe anything about the Holy Spirit, I hope you would give him a chance. And I believe if you're a seasoned uh, follower of Christ and have, have moved in the Holy Spirit a long time, I hope that it's going to encourage you to do it even more. But God wants us to be a spirit filled church. And if you didn't know, we are a Pentecostal church. We are spirit filled church. Words are hard this morning. But we are a spirit filled, good grief, spirit filled church. Spirit filled church. Spirit filled church. Spirit filled church. Uh, and there are some distinctions in that. But we see. We see what, the, what God said in the, the book of Acts. And this is going to be kind of the theme verse. Chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John's baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. God wants us to seek after water baptism. That's something that he, he earnestly longs for us. But he also wants us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and for our church to be a spirit-filled church. So this morning, if you're taking notes, my, the title of my message is, What Does It Mean to Be a Spirit-Filled Church? And I thought this morning we would just kind of set the table. What does it look like to be a spirit-filled church? And then we can dive a little bit deeper uh, into it. But I, I don't think all of us even understand what that term means. Uh, and so as we, as we begin this morning, we're going to start there. But if this is your first time with us at Hope Church, we are really glad that you're here. If you go out there and see them at the welcome desk, they've got a gift for you. First time, it's a cup. Second time, they've got a t-shirt for you. Third time, they'll introduce you to some next steps. They want to get you invited uh, to not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday is our Are You New Here dinner uh, with the staff and some of the leadership of the church, uh, elders and directors. I haven't invited you yet, but you are invited to that. Uh, I'm inviting you now. Surprise. Uh, and just make sure you register so I know if you're coming. Uh, and if you want to come, make sure you register uh, for the Are You New Here dinner so that we can you can meet the leadership of the church. They're so willing to come now that I just invited them. Uh, and, and we are going to have a good time uh, and, and get to know each other and, and make you feel more connected uh, and a part of the church. We also have Hope Connect uh, where you get to hear what we believe all about the church, some serving opportunities. That's on December 4th. You can scan the QR code there in this chair in front of you. I want to encourage you also to get the app scanning the qr code gets you there as well uh 
I'm going to be, I'm going to give you a lot of notes today. So I want to encourage you, if you'll get on the sermon notes, you can, uh, you can, you can follow along me and you can actually go home and look at them. If you missed the point, you can go home uh, and look at it throughout the rest of the week. The one thing that I did want to say is next Sunday is baptism Sunday. Uh, and so if you would like to be baptized, go to the announcements page on the app and click the baptism graphic. I believe it's, it says made new uh, and, and sign up for that. That is that is next week. I've got three people signed up to be baptized right now. Uh, it's going to be a good day. So make sure you get signed up. All right. Well, let's get into it. What does it mean to be a spirit-filled church? First point is going to be, be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, what does the word say? Freedom. We have freedom in worship. The first thing we have as a spirit-filled church is we have freedom in worship. We truly believe that God has an agenda for our services. We believe that, that God and, and the staff and the leadership of the church, we pray into what God is going to do weekly in each and every service. We believe that each and every service is unique in of itself. God wants to accomplish a certain thing in that service. And some would argue, some would say, well, pastor, you know, you want the Holy Spirit to move, but can the Holy Spirit really move in multiple services? And my, my answer to you would be absolutely he can why can't we dismiss the service, allow the Holy Spirit to move, and just keep right on worshiping, and the Lord keep right on dealing with you the whole time? And if you just so happen to come to the last service, he can move for as long as he wants to move, right? And if you come to the 10 o'clock service, guess what? He can move throughout the 10 o'clock service. You can say, deal with the Lord. We'll kick off the 1130 service, and if he's not done, you can just keep on going past the 1130 service. It doesn't matter. But Guys, we have to give the God, give God the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. But here's what I believe. If you will give God the freedom to do what he wants, he will truly change your life. But we have to give him the freedom. Any control freaks in the house? I'm a control freak. My mom's raising her hand. I got it from her. Um, I like to have control, but sometimes we have to relinquish and allow the Lord to work. Guys, just like you, I've been waiting for 18 months for this to happen. 18 months. And some of you know, some of you know, we've been talking about doing this since before the pandemic, but we started this 18 months ago and it's been one thing after another, after another, <coughs> blessing. I'm not promising that's not going to happen again, but it's one thing after another, after another, and, and finally, it's done. But here's what I can assure you. This happened just in the Lord's timing. And I've learned over time to allow the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, to work and to move. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I want him to get in a hurry. If I will slow down and allow him to move at his pace, he will accomplish and do great things. You know, in, our, in, our, in this middle building, we did it at his pace. Thank you. I'm not sure that's going to help, but it, it might work. Uh, in this middle building, we did, uh, excuse me, the middle building, we, we had an opportunity for, um, we wanted a playground. And we'd always talk about having a commercial playground. And we'd always talk about that would be so awesome and it would help our kids' ministry immensely. But if you've ever priced those things, they're about twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a piece. 
Well, we got a phone call one day that said, hey, we've got a, a playground. You just got to come get it. Well, how much does it cost? You just got to come get it. And that's just the way the Lord works. And I truly believe with this building, the Lord's, the Lord's going to work, the Lord's going to move, uh, and we're going to have those stories to tell uh, as a part of this as well. I'm going to stick this right here. Um, and so, let's get into it. Acts 19, let's go to the next point. As we've been distracted enough, y'all stick with me, okay? I think, the, I think the Holy Spirit wants you to hear this, and I think the devil's being distracting, so y'all focus in with me, okay? Uh, and so this is Acts chapter 19. Now, I wanted to include this because when I, was, when I was working through, when I was working through what God was telling me, you know, I noticed over and over and over and over in Scripture, people were saved, people were baptized, but the apostles kept doing something else. And you'll see that in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, and it says, and it happened... That while Apollos was in Corinthians, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized you with baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who has come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were, ba they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. There was about 12 men in all. And, the, and he entered the synagogue about three months and spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. The second thing that we will see in a spirit-filled church is we believe in, number two, spirit baptism. You see in this, these people accepted Jesus. They were baptized in water. But Paul said, whoa, 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 that's not it. Oftentimes we stop at, I'm saved. I read my Bible. I've been baptized. But if you'll see here in the scripture, and this isn't the only instance, you can read through the book of Acts, there's several instances of this happening. The apostle says, there's something else. Even Jesus told us before he left, before he left, he said, I want you to be baptized, I want you to be, be baptized in water, but I also, also want you to be baptized in the spirit. Now, how does this, how does this work? The spirit baptism, that's what brings us our boldness. Now, for me, I truly believe I was saved at the age of eight. I was saved. Uh, I, I was saved at my house. I was saying my, my nightly prayers. I gave my heart to Jesus. I was baptized. Uh, and then I went on about my life. I thought that was it. But then I started hanging out with a bunch of Pentecostals. And they said, you need to be baptized in the spirit. And I, and I sought the scriptures. I looked. And, I, and, and suddenly... I just told God, you know, if you'll notice, me and God, we talk a lot. We talk like this. I say, okay, God, if this is real, you're just going to have to show me. And so one day I was in my room and I was praying. And I began to speak in tongues. And guys, if you don't believe in the power of spirit baptism, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was a worship leader. After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was a preacher. There was a marked difference in my ministry life. Now, I'm not saying if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, suddenly you're going to become a preacher. That's not the case for everybody. But what I want you to see is the Holy Spirit brings boldness. It brings a boldness in our life. And, and guys, I want you to see if, the, if spirit baptism helped the apostles take the gospel to all the world, it can help you change the world.
Guys, we were given the Holy Spirit to change this world, to change the atmosphere of things around us. Because when the Spirit moves, it draws people to God. I'm reminded I've been doing a Bible study uh, at, a, at a business down the road is RV Depot. They invited me in to do a, a Bible study. And one of the ladies asked for prayer. And she said, I want, I want to get a house. I need a house. I, my lease is coming up, and, and I want the Lord to provide a house. And she said, I hope that's okay to pray for. Absolutely, that's, that's okay to pray for. God wants you to pray for your, the desires of your heart. So I prayed, and I prayed a bold prayer. I felt, I felt led to pray for something very specific. And I said, Lord, I pray that you would help her find a house this week. So I prayed it, and I forgot about it. Well, guess what happened? The next Sunday, she showed up to church, and she said, you know what? I found a house this week, and I wanted to come to church and tell you. That's what God does, right? When he moves in people's lives, what does it do? It draws them to him. And so here's what I'm saying. If you're in the Walmart line and somebody asks you, hey, will you pray that my leg would be healed? Do it right then. Because if God shows up and heals them, don't you think they're going to go, okay, this God thing is really real. I think I maybe should go to church, right? Or I should maybe get my life with him. You know, when God moves, it draws people to him. But guys, we need the boldness in our lives to walk out and do that. Because I know some of you, even as I'm telling you to go out and pray for people in the line in Walmart, you are beginning to sweat because you're not sure that you're able to do that. But the Spirit brings freedom. Also, it brings boldness. The next part is in 1 Corinthians 14, in verse 12, it says, So with yourselves, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, try to excel in the building up of the church. Therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. So the second thing that we see, or the third thing, I'm on number three, the third thing that we see in the church is order. We always see order with the Holy Spirit. So if you want to find order, if you're looking for some rules of engagement as far as the Holy Spirit goes, 1 Corinthians 14 is your place. That is, that is where you're going to find it. And there, and there are two types of tongues that are found within 1 Corinthians 14, and it's found throughout the entirety of Scripture. The first is our private prayer language. This is what I received the day that I got my bat, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was praying in tongues. We believe that God prays through us. We believe that He's praying through us in other tongues, and we're praying for things that, that we are praying the very heart of God. But we also believe that God can, can, can edify the body or build up the body through, uh, through prophecy in tongues. So someone would, like I talked about in my opening story, someone would cry out, you'd hear a tongue. And then there would come an English interpretation. Why does there need to be an English interpretation? Because people do not understand what God is saying. It's a supernatural thing. Someone's given a tongue, then someone's given the interpretation, and we see that God is moving. This, this came alive to me when I was in uh, Romania. Now, some of you know, Crystal and I went on a mission trip to Romania. Part of that, our work over there, was a pastor's conference in Romania. And can you believe... You had a big group of pastors from America come to a service, and they did the service in Romanian. Can you believe that? They would not even be kind enough to us to do it in English, right? That's us being an American, right? 
So I knew when the service started, they had not yet given us our boxes for interpretation. They had these cool little boxes. We stuck the earphone in our, our ear and we heard somebody telling us what they were saying in English. But before they started, I knew that they were worshiping the Lord. I knew that it started in worship like we do here. I actually knew some of the songs they were singing, but I didn't understand what they were saying. So I didn't really get anything out of the service until what happened? I had the interpretation. And so that's what we have to understand with, with tongues. The reason there's given an interpretation is because then the body understands what the Lord is saying. And the, the supernatural is through the gifting of the tongues and the interpretation. But the Holy Spirit is never weird. I want you to hear this from me today. The Holy Spirit is never weird. Only when we try to manufacture the manifestations does it become weird. Yes. And I think some church services, we, we grade our service based upon the level of the manifestations. But guys, if the manifestation is not from the Holy Spirit, then it's human manipulation of what God is trying to do. And so, guys, if there is manifestation, there is transformation. But the problem is we also have to remember, if we try to manifest it, we are manipulating it. And that can be harmful. So we have to make sure that God is moving. God is manifesting. Because when God is manifesting, there is always transformation. So let's go to the next part. Somebody, it's time for you to take your medicine. <laughs> so this is found in 1 Corinthians 14, 3 through 5. And it says, is this right? Where am I at? I'm all over the map today. It's up here. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for the upbuilding and encouragement and, and consolation. The one who speaks in tongues builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you to speak in tongues, but even more, I want you to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. The fourth thing that's a part of a spirit-filled church is number four, prophecy. Prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? It just talked about it. Prophecy is giving us, given to us to build up the church. It is God giving someone a word that God is moving, that God is speaking. God gave them this word to tell to you. Uh, let me explain it this way. Crystal and I, when we found out uh, that we we're having our fourth child, we were a bit distraught. Uh, in fact, Crystal was kind of upset with me, uh, to which I rebutted back to her. I remember you being a part of this process. I don't know what I did here, okay? Um, and so, anyway, she still shakes her head when I say that. But uh, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah was, he was our extra blessing. We didn't necessarily want to have a fourth child. And so it kind of caught us off guard. And so God has a way of working and moving and putting us in our place when we need to be put in our place. And so Crystal and I got the invitation to come and open uh, the Assemblies of God of North Texas to open up their annual conference in a word of prayer. Uh, and that's a humbling moment, especially when you're going, Lord, what are you doing? You know, we've got 
we got a fourth kid on the way. This is not what we're planning. Uh, and we were, we were actually, we were pretty distraught about it. Uh, and we walked into the green room. They were having prayer before service. And I remember very, very vividly the, the assistant superintendent, Kermit Bell, he came over to us and, and he checked on us because he knows us pretty well. He knew something was up and, and he said, hey, what's, what's, what's going on? So we told him, told him the situation. He said, you know what? I think the Lord sent me to you today because I was a unplanned child. And I truly believe that God is going to use this child, his name's Jonah now, to do amazing things. And both Crystal and I looked at each other. In that moment, we felt the Lord speaking directly to us, saying, don't worry about it. I've got it. I know you are, I know you are distraught about what's going on, but I've got my hand of blessing on this child, and I will use him to do great things. And guys, that's how prophecy works. Prophecy is a gift from God to reach down and show us his love for us. Now, here's what I want you to hear. Prophecy is to build us up. We are, we are in the New Testament prophets, prophecy vein, okay? Uh, we, don't, we don't believe in the Old Testament prophets anymore, the ones that would come and tell us all uh, that we need to get right with the Lord or, or his damnation is going to come to us. No, we're not, we're, that's, we're not Old Testament people, okay? We are New Testament. We believe that God can speak to us and bring us the correction we need. And so what a New Testament prophet does is I'm not saying they don't challenge. There's times that a New Testament prophet will challenge. But it's God giving someone a word and speaking that word and God coming alive in our heart. So I'm going to end here. James chapter 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, they will be forgiven. Number five, the fifth thing that we believe in as a spirit-filled church is, is divine healing. Is divine healing. Guys, that's why we have prayer at the end of the service. We, we, we want to provide a space. If you need prayer, if you need leaders of the church to lay hands on you and pray for you, that's what we believe that time is for. Guys, we believe that we will see healing. And guys, I've had the opportunity to pray for healing there was, I remember one time I was, I was a young pastor and I got a phone call during a Dallas Cowboys game. And, and I, I was being a good pastor that day and I answered the phone call. Uh, so you are lucky it's by, it's by week this week. So I will answer your phone call. Um, and I, I could just tell, I, you ever have that feeling that you just need to answer the phone? I had the feeling I just needed to answer the phone and, and I picked up the phone and it was a sweet lady that was a part of our church. She said, Hey, my daughter. Um, she's pregnant. She's about, it was 20 something weeks along and she's bleeding very severely. Those of you that are pregnant know that bleeding severely while pregnant is, is not a very good thing. So I went to the hospital and when I got there, they were in the ER uh, and they were doing a sonogram on the baby. So they said, I want you to wait here. Uh, the doctor's in with her and then you can come and you can, you can pray with her when the doctor's done. So the doctor came out and talked to the family while I was standing there and he said, listen, there's a, there's a faint heartbeat in the baby right now, but I don't think the baby's going to make it through the night. So then they look at me and go, okay, pastor, now it's time to pray. I'm like, 
okay. So I, so I went from the waiting room to the room, uh, the ER. Y'all know that walk. It's kind of a long walk, especially when there's a lot of things going on in your head. Uh, I'm like, how do I pray? What do I pray? What do I pray? And so I walked in and I asked the mom, how do you want me to pray? Mom said, I want you to pray that my baby would be saved. Okay. So I laid my hands on her tummy. I asked her permission first because it's weird if you don't. You're welcome, pregnant ladies. Uh, <laughs> always ask permission. Uh, <laughs> and I prayed and I left. Sometimes you don't know if God answers your prayer, but the next morning, the dad texted me and said, Hey, I don't know what you did. But the baby's alive. I said, I didn't do it. It was the Lord. But I think sometimes we don't talk about another way that we pray. There's been other times that I've been asked to pray that someone would go in peace. I was brought into a situation where someone was very obviously about to pass. And I walk in and I always ask, how do you want me to pray? Because I want to pray the way that you want me to pray. I don't want to pray out of my desire. I want, I want your desire. And they said, Pastor, I want you to pray that they would go peacefully. And I prayed and this one in particular, one I was talking about, he went within that day. But here's the thing. We're all going to receive healing. Some of us receive healing on this earth. Some of us receive the healing in eternity. But we have to be willing to pray that his will would be done. That's not always easy. And I'm here to tell you, that's not always clear cut. Our, our, our culture wants, well, why does this person get healed and this person doesn't? That's what our culture wants to talk about. But ultimately, we will all be healed when we're walking the streets of gold with Jesus. But God's desire for us is that we would all receive healing. And eventually we will. But some of us, we believe that some of us will receive that healing here on this earth. So let me just wrap this up for you today. What are our transformational moments today? If you've, you've been here over the last few weeks, we believe that one of our tenets here at Hope Church is we're transforming lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you transform lives through moments. So what are those moments today? The first is, will you give God full reign in your life? Back to you control freaks. You know, God wants to move. God wants to talk to you. God wants to, to move in your heart and move in your life. But will you give him reign to do so? Will you give him the space to do so? And guys, I think sometimes we rush God. Sometimes we get ahead of God. And we've got to walk right in the step with him. And for me, that's one thing I've learned as your pastor if I walk right in step with him, things go great. If I get one step ahead of him, things get out of whack. But if I get a step behind him, things get out of whack too. Do not confuse laziness with waiting on God. Okay? Because I think far too often in the Pentecostal movement, we've gone, oh, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, Sometimes God wants you to do something in the meantime. Yeah. And I've talked to many pastors that go into their prayer closet and pray and pray and pray and the church doesn't grow and they wonder why. 
because you got to go out there and meet somebody. <laughs> he, he's not just waiting on you to pray. He's waiting on you to do what he's asked you to do. And so are you willing to give God full reign in your life? Number two, are you open to what God has in store for you? Some of you, you've worked with the Holy Spirit your whole life. You've spoken tongues, you've prophesied. This is, this is nothing new to you today and I get that. what I'm asking is, will you move the dial a little bit? There's some of you here today that this is the first time you were ever hearing of some of this stuff of the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. My hope in this series is just to move your dial. If you're new to the Holy Spirit, inform you and get you on your way. And if you're seasoned with the Holy Spirit, my hope is that you're encouraged and that you move the dial and expect more of what God can do in your life. And lastly, are you ready to hear from God today? Are you ready to hear from God? Because we're making space here at the end of service. And I want you to know that God wants to speak to you today. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray. We're going to be down here. We'd love, to, we'd love to pray with you. But I want you to take this moment as Pastor Mo sings and speak to God. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you today of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, there is so much to the Holy Spirit and trying to cover it in 25, 30 minutes is just a lot. But Lord, I pray that you would just bring understanding to us. Lord, and like I said, I, I just pray this morning that the dial is moved and that we begin to walk in more of the fullness of what you would have for us. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to press into you today. In Jesus' name.